This episode contains discussion of depression, prescription drugs, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with mental health, please call the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988. Remember that you are not alone. A freelance writer, full of life, who was always bouncing story to story, found dead in a motel bathroom by a housekeeper while on assignment. His wrists were slashed 12 times. One cut so deep, it severed a tendon. A note was found in the room, a single razor blade. All this points to an apparent suicide. But the events that followed have friends and family of Danny Casolaro believing otherwise. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Crime in the Coalfields. I'm his host. And I'm Harper Inch. Crime in the Coalfields is a podcast brought to you by 59 News that explores the unsolved crimes, bizarre killers, and even the notorious cold cases of the Mountain State and beyond. Today is part one in our multi-part series on the death of Danny Casolaro. In this episode, we explore the death of Danny Casolaro, a freelance journalist from the suburbs of Washington, D.C., who was found dead in a Martinsburg motel in 1991. Casolaro was reportedly meeting with a source and about to break a huge story which he called The Octopus. This episode of Crime in the Coalfields is an exclusive podcast experience sponsored by Rosen Quessenberry Funeral Chapels. How would you like to relieve the emotional and financial burden off of those you love, express your own wishes, and avoid conflicts among family members? Call Sandy Evans at Rosen Quessenberry today. Danny Casolaro was, by all definitions of the word, a people person. In a Washington Post article published shortly after his death, one of his friends said, quote, You're going to find 50 people who come up to you and say, I was his best friend. That's how Danny made people feel. Another friend in the same article said he would take any night and make it feel like New Year's Eve. So why would someone so young and so full of life travel away from home just to take their own life. It's certainly not unheard of. You can think of recent celebrity deaths that shook the world, like Robin Williams, or even the more recent Stephen Twitch Boss, and several others besides those. Worldwide, one million people die from suicide every year. Statistically speaking, almost everyone in the world has been affected by suicide at one point in their life. But here on Crime in the Coalfields, we don't cover suicides. We cover the unexplainable. And that's why this case does not end with a man dead in a bathtub. Danny was a freelance reporter. And at the time of his death, he was working on one of the biggest stories of his career. Martinsburg authorities initially ruled his death a suicide, and their investigation showed no evidence of foul play. An autopsy report said he had traces of an antidepressant and a prescription painkiller in his system. A prescription given to Danny for pain after a root canal in 1988 was also found in the room. Casolaro's brother, who was a doctor, said that as far as he knew, Danny was never treated officially for depression. Officially. And I think that's a key word to keep in mind here because most people who struggle with depression or 
uh, similar mental health diagnoses go undiagnosed. Not even necessarily all their life, but even just part of it. People who, who get diagnosed, who start getting therapy and medication after a diagnosis, they went undiagnosed for a time. You, you think of people like we mentioned, Kate Spade, Robin Williams, Twitch. You know, I've been personally affected by suicide with an immediate family member and we had no idea. And they do cover it well. They always say the person with the biggest smile may be hiding the biggest secret. And I'm not saying that's not the case with Danny Casolaro. However, as we'll uncover through multiple episodes, there are other things that were happening in Danny's life that just don't make sense other than taking your life alone in a motel room in a, in a very gruesome and slow manner. Yes, and so at this juncture, that is the cornerstone of this case, is this is a, a well-investigated, well-believed suicide and, and a fairly violent one at that. He didn't use pills or something of that nature, you know, he cut himself. It. Yeah. He felt it. And so that's that's something to keep in mind about the details as we move forward in this case. So we keep saying there's a twist to the story and here it comes. Danny had told people he was coming to the mountain states to meet a source. He was about to break a story that he had been working on for more than a year. The story was about a global conspiracy that tied together multiple scandals of the time and alleged scandals like the Iran-Contra affair, the Bank of Credit and the Commerce International, the Justice Department's alleged theft of software from a computer company called Inslaw and others. He dubbed it the Octopus. On August 10th, two days after he arrived, is when he was found dead. There was a brief note which he left which authorities initially refused to release to his family. The family was not even notified of his death for several days afterwards. He was embalmed on a Sunday. The events in the immediate aftermath of Danny's death raised flags with his immediate family and friends for several reasons. His colleague, Jack Anderson, said, quote, From the moment we heard about his reported suicide, we doubted it, questioned it, wondered about it. It was not his nature to kill himself. So we were suspicious from the first, and the deeper we dug into it, the more suspicious we became, end quote. Local authorities said that they followed all of the routine procedures for this case. Danny was an average man. He came from a wealthy family, bouncing from job to job, but nothing seemed to stick. He spent most of his career freelancing, and at one point owned a printing business publishing weekly newsletters. He published a book through a vanity printer. Nothing was successful. Danny started to investigate the federal government. He told people he had uncovered a criminal network comprised of top government branches, organized crime bosses, international intelligence agents, and much more. And that's when he became obsessed with his research called The Octopus. So this is where the, the twist of this case is. You may have heard of this case before. We chose this case because although it's a little bit further away from Mountain State and it's still in the D.C. area, it's a, a different sort of thing than we normally do. Like you said earlier in the episode, we don't cover suicides because they're not exactly, traditionally they're not cases that 
are investigated for a length of time. They're, they're not cold cases. They're not murderers, serial killers, anything like that. But this one has a lot of people making different theories. Uh, people people believe different things. They, they, they don't necessarily believe things. And it all centers around this book that Danny Castellaro wrote called The Octopus, or, or didn't write, so to speak. And so that's a big piece of this, it is this sort of speculative conspiracy manifesto, if you will. It is, and it's it's very interesting. You hear and you see and you read. There's all these conspiracy theories, and anytime you bring the federal government into an expose, things get shady, for lack of a better term. And for me, it's hard to fully conceptualize, was this man depressed and just wanted to end his life? Or, or is there something greater? And we'll dive deeper as we continue to examine this case. There are things that happened, like being embalmed on a Sunday. That's not normal. Yeah. A very rushed autopsy and toxicology report. That's not normal. Yeah. It opens the door for these conspiracies. And it, local authorities could be correct. And, and as, our, as us as journalists, it's our job to question everything. Local authorities could be correct. They could have followed all routine procedures. And for all we know... Danny took a lot of pills, cut his wrists, and, and went into a bathtub. Yeah. But yeah, for the all we culmination know. of all these things just doesn't quite add up. Right. There are a lot of details, which we are going to go into, that make this case uh, potentially something more. And it, it's become sort of a, a conspiracy cornerstone for a lot of people. And the things that you pointed out are a huge piece of that. The fact that there's just a lot of these inconsistencies, a lot of things that don't necessarily line up, and they could simply be that. Occam's razor, they, they are. You know, simplest answer, often the, the right one. The fact that it is potentially a very cut and dry case. Uh, but we wanted to bring this case forward and talk about it from the perspective of not being that cut and dry message. And you can actually find uh, the book, The Octopus, uh, you can get it online. It is, it, ha it has since been finished and, and kind of finalized, and we're going to delve into some pieces of that uh, next episode as well. The the notes that Danny Casolaro had, the few that he had left, are kind of the basis for that book, which was finished post-mortem. And it's kind of an interesting window, and there's a lot of discussion online into the nature of this book, the nature of his death, um, and regardless of which way this goes, I think it says a lot about suicide and depression, or, or the government. It could say a lot about either or both of these things. Right. And Danny became obsessed with this octopus theory. He spent all hours of the day writing, researching, and digging. Even fellow journalist John Connolly said that Danny got in over his head with this whole thing, saying, quote, Danny Casolaro stepped into a world that he didn't belong into. The type of people that he became involved with lie. They cheat. They're people who have been involved in numerous murders, dealing drugs, dealing arms. And Danny Casolaro thought that he could find his way through this labyrinth by himself. And that was a mistake. End quote. And maybe it ended up being 
Castellaro's biggest mistake of his life. And that's what we're going to continue to examine, whether this was suicide, whether it was something else. This obsession led Danny to that Martinsburg motel where he would take his last breath. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Crime in the Coalfields. Be sure to stay tuned for the next episode as we dig into the details of the days before and the hours after Danny's death and the conspiracies that have followed. If you like Crime in the Coalfields, be sure to give us a good rating wherever you listen and recommend it to any friends or fans of true crime or conspiracies that you may know. Feel free to send us in any suggestions or requests for future episodes. We'll do the research and we'll feature whatever cases that you send our way. This episode has been an exclusive podcast experience presented by 59 News and sponsored exclusively by Rose and Questenberry Funeral Homes. This episode of Crime in the Coalfields was written, hosted, and produced by Izzy Post and Harper Imsch.